All right, so we're going to skip. We actually did do the intro track this week. Um, mm-hmm. No joke, we have it. It's in the red. Like, it's on the hard drive. It's ready to go. Um, but we're going to skip it because we're going to... Oh, is that a tall boy? <laughs> yeah, it's a, 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 it's a four loco. Oh, yeah, dude. We're going to skip the intro track this week. We'll, we'll show it to you guys next week. I'm really stoked on it. I think it's it's probably my best work yet, I think. it The, the quality... Like I'm, I, I'm always blown away by the tones you're getting out of that, your, you know, your basement studio and what you achieved with this is, I mean, it's shocking. It's shocking. It's, it's yeah. You'll be shocked. You won't believe how good, how good this sounds, but we'll show you next week. Welcome to Dipped in Tone. So shocked you're shook. (laughs) Hello everybody. (laughs) Welcome to Dipped in Tone. What are we? Episode 32 now? Yeah. Wait, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, episode 32. We got a, we got a, a, a pretty a pretty special lineup today, I think. I just set up a mic on an amp. We're going to play some guitar today. We're going to teach you guys some things. We're going to share some opinions, some hot takes, some medium takes, some mild takes. Um, you guys are going to learn some things. You're going to be entertained. What, what, what's going on there? Zach, you okay? I, uh, <laughs> my computer says it's not charging, even though my cable's play. You tell everybody how your week was, and I want to dive under my desk. My week sucked. So, as people know, uh, my wife Tilly and I are in the home buying process, and this week uh, we found a home. We made an offer on that home, and it was perfect. Um, it sat. It was in a, a nice part of town. It sat on two acres of land. It had the home was beautiful. It was just our style. It needed some renovation, needed some updating, but had a basement that would have made a great YouTube space. But the kicker to this space was in the backyard. One of the previous owners had built a standalone outbuilding, steel building, vaulted ceilings, rafters. It was on a concrete, beautiful building. Um, our realtor looked at that and was like, "Oh yeah, that's a hundred thousand dollar building they built back there." It was screaming to be a recording studio. Like it had two sections and it looks like they had built it to be some Scream kind it. of some kind. <laughs> thanks. Thank you for that. Uh, it looks like they had built it to be some kind of shop, it had two sections with like one was like a garage door. But the first section, which would have been the control room, had like 25 foot ceilings. And then there was a big rectangular room that was would have been perfect for a live room. Anyways, we made an offer. The housing market right now is stupid. This is the second time this has happened. We've made two offers on two houses and we've gotten beat by people that have paid over asking price for both houses. And keep in mind, we saw this house and made an offer the first day it was on the market. They they put it on the market on Monday. We went and looked at it, made an offer on Tuesday. Wednesday, they accepted an offer for over asking price. So. Man. Yeah. Do you think the next time that happens, you're just going to like uh, offer over asking? I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't. I've never bought a home before. And part of me is like, man, screw this. The The market's way too hot right now. Like, right. If you don't have cash and you're not willing to pay over asking price, it's like you can't you just can't get a house. You just can't right now. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I I don't know. It pisses me off. It really pisses me off. It's it happened to us a, quite a few times when we were looking, and every time it was like this this 
total gut punch. And it got to the point where I was like, screw it. We're just going to stay in an apartment, keep saving, you know, set as much money back. And even though every apartment is going to cost way more than any mortgage, you know, we were going to have, we were just so fed up. And then this, this place just fell on our lap. Yeah. So. Yeah. Everyone in the discord chat right now is saying like, uh, uh, I made eight offers last year before we got accepted. All offers were above asking by 50 or 60 K. That's fantastic to hear. Wow. Really great. (laughs) Really encouraging. (laughs) Yeah. We went in, we went in at 10% off. So we, we didn't even have a chance. They probably looked at our offer and we're like, (laughs) get out of here. What is this? Who are these poor people? Set it on fire. My gosh. (laughs) Poor people. This is a joke. Meanwhile, I, I'm like uh, scraping all of my money that we've been saving for three years together and like offering it like, here's all the money we have. Please consider our offer. And it's just a bunch of rich yuppies who are like, you're, you're going to have to part with all those uh, fancy amplifiers when you honestly, need me to buy that Vox. Honestly, honestly, it it's crossed my mind three times this week. I'm like, I might just sell all this shit. I might just <laughs> right. sell all of this shit so I can get a house because this is ridiculous. Yep. Yep. My, um, <sighs> I, I bought one of those. I think it's a it's a Furman, just one of those classic metal Furman yep. power yep. uh power strip things. Right. Not and working? The outlet's not working. Cool. <laughs> for for my my MacBook, I had to run a cord to another outlet in the room. It's so weird. Uh Jeremy the Guitar right. Hunter, not a great time to buy, unfortunately. Had someone offer to buy our house for a hundred K above what we paid for it. Oh my Oof. God. Everyone just relax, okay? Yeah. Just stop. We don't need to be doing this right now. You don't need to. We need a house because we don't have a house. But if you have a house, you're fine. Just stay there. <laughs> just, just hang out. You're fine. You have a house. Let let the people who don't have a house have a chance. Okay. You don't need mm-hmm. the extra space. You don't need that extra bedroom. Your kids are fine. They can have bunk beds. You don't need that extra bathroom. Chill out. Let us have a turn. Okay. It's. Uh, I've been saving and working my ass off for three years to finally get to a point to try and buy a house and all these, these, you know, hedge fund. Anyway, I'm going to start yelling and oh, say something mad, I regret. Folks. Anyways, he's, so that he's was ready my week. For the, ready for the weekend. Yeah. The proverbial gut punch that is trying. And, and if you're self-employed, you just don't even try. Just don't try. Don't try and buy a house trying to get what? a bank. Trying to get a bank to listen to you and pay attention to you if you're self-employed and get a loan that is a fair representation of how much money you make is ridiculous. They make you jump through so many hoops and so much red tape and so many things. It sucks. So, you know what? Just quit. It's probably easier if you just quit. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I had to have like three years of proof of income. Yeah. uh, To really make a uh, even eligible but yep you know it's the way it goes it's the way it goes well uh old man brogan said we gotta get our our shoil coin started so oh, yeah we need to start that crypto wait uh, are we doing that alongside the bar and grill or is that separate we're gonna do the shoil coin first then the bar and grill we will have the bar and grill and then the back of the bar and grill will be our crypto mining rig sweet where we will get all the currency and then all we have to do all we have to do is get elon musk to tweet about it yep and then done we're good we are golden yeah forget dogecoin we're uh <laughs> we're we're gonna do shoil coin we're gonna pass ethereum we're gonna be like right there right. i'll be honest all right 
I, I consider myself somewhat of a smart man. I don't know how crypto works at all. I don't get it. It's very complicated. All. Don't understand it. <laughs> People are talking about NFTs and all this stuff. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> can I, I, I'm, that's all I can do to keep track of like regular money. Forget right. like computer money. That's a different thing altogether. Yeah, it's uh, it's very complicated, and I don't really understand it. Even though I've I've dumped a lot of money into it, but uh, you know, hey, if if one day I, I might laugh my way all the way to a you know to my new house that I'm paying with paying for after I cash, just out my let crypto. me buy a house first, please, for the love of God. <laughs> you have a house, okay? God, I need you to get out of this house. closet. I know, I know. <sighs> okay, but my over. week was fine. I just uh, just was just building a ton of pedals i unfortunately ran out of all my del- delay pedal enclosures those are gone so more on order um it, it, the balancing act of inventory and stuff is is the thing that i struggle with the most mm-hmm. because inevitably i'll be like oh yeah no i'll buy a couple hundred of this couple hundred of that couple hundred of this before you know it you've spent ten thousand dollars on just all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then within a few weeks, it's all gone. And you're it's like, wait gone. a minute, where is all that stuff I bought? Uh, and the whole cycle starts all over the again, all over the again, all over the again, all over the again. Latest on the men, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. All right. There's our week. That's uh, it. I'm going to introduce a, a new segment here. This might be a recurring segment. You guys let us know in the chat and in the comments. Also, uh, shout out to our patrons hanging out in the chat today you want to join in while we're recording live and join in the fun, you can uh, join our Patreon link down below. We will add some more tiers at some point in the future, but I, I can't think about that right now. It's, it's yeah. But, Although shout out to Adam Savage and tested and their whole crew, how they organize their tiers on, on Patreon and stuff, I think would be a good model for us. How so do they do? I don't might. know how they do it. It's, it's similar to kind of what we do. There's, there's a, supporter tier which actually you don't get access to the discord so we'd keep that the same and then they just they just have a little more things like a few um early access stuff that we may be one able one day may be able to do that right and then um i think i think we might need to have like maybe some other like q a thing that we could do privately or something Mm, mm -hmm. something simple Mm -hmm. but but something that's that we can both do this may be like we should talk about this offline. This is not, yeah. yeah, this is not podcast material. Okay. Well, you want to dip a rig? Let's dip a rig. All right. I'm uploading now. So this rig. Oh, it's got some cool stuff. Yeah. And it's from our, our buddy, uh, Mr. Matt Bennett. Oh man. Who, uh, he's been a supporter for a while. So I'll run through it. He sent the email with lovely bullet points and, and annotations. 2019 ES335 P90, which is cool, because uh, it's a it's a 335 P90 loaded guitar, not a 330, uh, not a 330. So it's got the block. Um, it's got the block. <laughs> he's got a homemade pedal board. Uh, he's got. Let's see, running through this pedals. That's this a homemade pedal board. That's what it says. It says uh, board made out of reclaimed cypress, painted and stained with a riser. Uh, and all soldered patch cables and DC cables. Damn, so, damn. Uh, there we go. So he's got a custom made um, foot switch for his little Gibson and Fender twin amps there. Walrus Luminary, Jackson Audio Bloom, TC uh, Polytune Mini, the ES5 uh, from Boss, Tapestry Audio Bloomery 
volume pedal. It's an active volume pedal. Disaster area microclock, BBE Sonic Maximizer under the riser. Yep, you used to have one of those. Super, yeah, those are like a classic. JHS Superbolt under the riser. Uh, an 89, uh, Strymon Volante, Digitech Polaro Reverb, D- uh, Ditto Looper, and a Zuma. And then his amps, he, he sent a bunch of his stuff, but I'll just I'll just read it because it's all in the photo, even though this, I'm sure he's not taking it all to the gig, people. Yep. 65 Gibson GA77RET. My with God. With a working oil can delay. My God. <laughs> Super cool. Uh, 65 Silvertone, 14, 19, uh, uh, 72 Fender Twin, 75 Basement 50, and a Chocolate Chuck custom-made amp from a local tech in Florida My. based off a Gibson GA40. God. Super cool. Super, super, super cool. <sighs> So where do you, where do we start? Where do There's we start? Okay, first of all, I'm pretty surprised that this is a homemade board. That's a clean board. I get it. it's it's a flat board. It's pretty simple. But props for the right. riser. Now, did you make the riser? Because because I can't tell. It looks like it might be a vertex riser or something that that was purchased and then and then mounted to the board. Burp, burp, burp. Enhance. 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 No, it looks like it's. It looks like it's wood. It looks like there's a... Is Matt in the chat? A button head screw or something on the top. Yeah, oh my God. Look at these gifts. You guys are loving this. Okay, okay, wow. All right, first of all, the board is is beautiful. I I would deduct points for the tightly packed um, pedals. You know, that that looks great for an Instagram post, but it's incredibly um, difficult to use. But save for the fact he's got the ES5 switcher. which is great. So he's he's eliminating yep. the the tap dancing need. If you were having a tap dance on this board, it would be a nightmare. You'd be kicking knobs and flipping switches and stepping on stuff and missing pedals. It'd be a nightmare. But I, f- I feel like there's more stuff on this board than he mentioned in the email. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot happening here. Uh, shout out to the the uh, Mjolnir self shill for you. Uh, oh yeah, see yeah, the, both the photos. There's different pedals on each of the boards. <laughs> But this, what he sent, might be his current setup. So we'll right, we'll see. Right. I mean, it's a beautiful board. Yeah. Props for soldered cool. cables. Thank you. Uh, even the custom made DC cables. That's that's a beautiful thing we haven't seen before. Um, the P ninety three thirty five. Come Wicked. on. That's you don't see that a lot. Usually, when you see that kind of guitar, my initial thought is, oh, it's a three thirty. It's not a three thirty. Um, the 330 is different from the 335 in a couple of ways. A, they're fully hollow mm-hmm. with no center block. So they're feedback monsters. B, the neck joins the body in a different place on a 330 than a 335. Yeah. They, I think it's a thir- 14 fret is where the neck joins the body, whereas on the yeah. 335 is a little higher up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It has some big chunky ABR looking thing yeah, on it. Yeah, it really Do you does. See that? I don't what know is what that, that is. It looks like one of those harmonica bridges or something, but maybe it is a harmonica. Chunky, chunky fella on there. Hell, I, my my favorite thing about this that I see on the his custom made foot switch uh, thing for his his reverb and all that. Do, are you seeing these barefoot buttons that are labeled? No. Look at the Which... pedal pedal board picture on the top right. Oh, oh my god! It says verb, twin, and chunk on it. Oh, gross. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is great. I hate I hate that word chunk. Chunk? Oh, I like uh, now we know what to say to red all the time. I swear to God. So where 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 do we go from here? Let's so we started <sighs> with the so guitar. Much. The guitar the guitar is sick. That's yeah. like a I mean, really you could do everything with a P90 loaded semi-hollow guitar. Yep, you really could. I mean, beautiful. And cherry red. Come on, beautiful. Yeah. The pedal board, beautiful. I think there's there's a lot going on here to to pick apart. Um, shout out mm-hmm. to the broadcast AP. I have one of those. It's awesome. Um, like I said, props for the ES5. I think that's needed for a board like this. Um, love yeah. the soldered cables. The Volante, beautiful. Um, on on both these boards, boards he's got an Arion um, stereo chorus that was modded yep. by Vertex doing yep. the. The Landau mod? Yeah, the Landau chorus. Yep. Man, those, if you've never played any of those, especially when they're modded, mm-hmm. um, they're so good. It's such a good chorus sound. Yeah, that was like a big shame because that's when he got busted for doing the the Axis Wah thing. And so I believe he stopped doing the Landau Wahs or the Landau mods uh, for the, the choruses because I think Landau didn't want to work with him anymore or something like that. But that's a shame. Yeah. Because my friend uh, Benjamin has one of those, and it's one of the best sounding choruses I've ever heard. They're beautiful. Well, he was going to replicate it and make make his own version of it, but the chips it uses like a Redicon chip. Yeah, yeah, and they're so hard to get a hold of those chips. Right. Um, there may be replicas now, but it's it's not exactly the same. Right. So you know, depending on how, if you find you know, one of those floating around, the Landau modded Vertex uh, Arions, grab it. They're yeah. real good. Also, shout out to the BBE Sonic Maximizer. We haven't seen that in a rig yet. I used to have one, and mm-hmm. they're great. I'm not exactly sure what it's doing. It's not necessarily like an EQ per se. No, it's it, it's like it's just a because it started life as like a rack unit yeah. thing, and then it became a pedal. And the pedal because I had I think I had one, and I think I had a different like a boss clone of it or something yeah. there's some other company that made something that did that thing but it just kind of like makes the highs more present and and fattens up the low end it's just like an eq thing but it's i don't even it's really also know doing either. some kind of like compression is it's the way yeah. i could describe it when i had mine and i don't know why i sold it because they're super cheap i might just buy another one just to have it but it's like the it's like lifting a blanket off of your tone yeah. almost and it's an always yeah. on thing it's something that you put you know at the end of your chain or whatever um and i just would leave mine on all the time and uh mm-hmm. it worked it did its thing it was great yeah the um the, the the tapestry audio volume pedal on here too that's something that i think people had mentioned that before because we talked about the big gigantic ernie ball and like most people make huge volume pedals but the tapestry one is like really skinny and they're super heavy too that thing's a chunk man yeah they're made of actual metal unobtainium Uh, i don't know i don't know how they function i don't know if it's. i I think they're pretty good i've never had one i've never used one but if they were big in like the the worship bro world for a while um and those guys really loved them so you know there you go all right so let's touch on these amps really quick that gibson that's, yeah, the Gibson's wicked. That's doing something for me. So it has an oil can delay built in. Oh um, and you can, let's see, I'm trying to see where the controls are for the, oh, reverb echo. There's just like one knob and a mode switch. And it's in great shape too, dude. Look at that. Yeah, it's, it's like super clean. So clean. 
So it's the Vanguard amplifier uh, Gibson. It looks basically like Rhett's uh, Skylark's. But bigger. It's got a 112, I think. And what's the wattage on those? Do you know? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Let's look on Reverb. Uh, Not even being any on there. There's a stinger right there. Let's check Reverb. Somebody make (laughs) that, please, for us. Gibson Vanguard, you said. What's the, do you know the actual, like, name? G-A- yeah, Something. it's a GA seventy seven R E T. Let's just look. G A seventy seven. Here we go. Sixty two to six. Oh, one fifteen. Oh, neat. Oh, this is a different version. Oh, there's no, there's no on reverb right now. Hold on. <sighs> hmm. All right. Weird. Somebody, somebody out there, find the sample for us, please. And, and send it to us. And send it to us because <laughs> I want one. Okay, there's all they have on reverb is the uh, the covers for it, which means there's not. Oh, okay. Here. Yeah, look, it looks like on the gear page, someone says it's got two tens. I don't know. It's interesting. We'll have to ask Matt. Um, but he's also got some some killer silver face stuff, loud Matt, and clean. Matt, Matt, hey, Rhett here. How much do you want for that amp? <laughs> I'm serious. How much do you want for that amp? I know I just like ranted about the house and everything. That's we'll figure that out later. How much do you want for that Gibson amp? Because my God, um, sold listings. Let's see how much did they go for on? Uh, They're expensive. <laughs> they don't have they don't have them on here on Reverb. I saw one listed when I was just googling for thirty five hundred dollars. Ooh, so <laughs> <laughs> everything just clenched up. Oh God, okay. Um, all right, well, okay. And then we got the Fender amps here. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, so this this is kind of crossing our line of like, this is not a gigable. This is, you wouldn't take all this to a gig, okay? No. Right? It's but just it was, kind of it showing us all cool the stuff. Not sure. But my God. All right, so rating. Yes. <sighs> so I'm, I'm realizing, but, I'm realizing what I'm about to do here. This is, this is a heavy, this is a heavy thing. Mm-hmm. But I stand by it. Stand by it, baby. For the first time ever in the history of dipped in tone, I'm gonna give this ten out of ten soils. Oh, snap. This is this is it for me. This is the best rig we've seen on here thus far. <laughs> this this ticks all my boxes. Okay. The P90s, the 335, the Gibson amp, the great pedal board, the fender amps. It, it's a ten out of ten for me. For me, I love I love the vibe of all of it. It feels like this feels like an artist's stuff, you know, like this feels like something you'd show up at somebody's house and it's like, oh, this is a cohesive example of what this person likes. And I think that's awesome. Um I would I still need humbuckers. And I uh but yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna give it a nine. I think that's it's an awesome can cover so much ground. Everything's cool. That GA40 style amp looks sick. Everything looks neat. This is, yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. I don't need humbuckers. I don't need single coils. I don't need any of that stuff. I just need the P90s. Come on. There you go. 10 out of 10. Wow. Huzzah. Well done. (laughs) Well done. Matt, you're a man of taste. And uh, for that, you've been rewarded with a salute from us here at Tipton Town. We'll give you, a, we'll give you something once we have something. <laughs> <laughs>
So oh, all right. moving on to today's topic. Oh, hey, by the way, shout out to um, who was it last week? Let me look it up. Who who the hero of, of last week's episode that actually went through and did all the timestamps? Did all the timestamps. Let me uh, let me shout them out. We need somebody to do it again this week. It was a great <laughs> uh, uh, it, that was a great service that you did for the community. Um, uh, Yash Dewar. Shout out to Yash Dewar for, for doing it. It's the pinned comment last week's episode. We're going to do the same thing for this week's episode. So if you're playing along at yeah. home, put the, uh, the times in your comment. You'll be good to go. I did in the top of the description put when the major topic started, but he went to the next level and put every single, every like high point. He, he, he nailed it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Well done. All right. So what are we talking about this week, Zach? So we're going to follow up with something we mentioned last week, pedal platform amps. We're going to talk about amps that are billed and people kind of know them as a pedal platform. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? Because I might have a different. So to me, pedal platform is a bit of a buzzword. It's a bit of a word that uh, to me doesn't really, it can denote a certain type of amplifier, but if you really drill down to the meaning, isn't any amp really a pedal platform? Because you can put pedals in front of uh, any amplifier. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's where the delineation is. It's like every amp can take, well, every, you can put pedals in front of anything. Yeah. But I feel like there are amps that are designed for mainly just getting loud and, and letting pedals do the, the heavy lifting for your tone. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think is kind of confusing to people. Well, I think because, we should, like, I, we should cover this from a couple of different angles. One is sure. let's talk about some amps that are like widely accepted as great. They work well with all pedals, kind of a clean to me. For our, the purposes of our discussion, a pedal platform amp is any amp that's sort of just like a clean slate, if you will. Um, it's gonna right. it's gonna take whatever you put in front of it and um, give you the ability to maybe revoice the amp with like an amp in a box pedal, or it's gonna take reverbs and time based effects and and modulation effects really really well. Because some amps, or depending on how you have an amp set up, which is what we're gonna also another thing we're gonna talk about, um, they don't take things like reverb or delay very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, for the purposes of our discussion, a pedal platform amp is any amp that is somewhat of like a blank canvas or that you can set up to be somewhat of a blank canvas. Right. Because I feel like it really depends on what you want as a player because arguably, you know, th- th- that two rock, mm-hmm. that... It, it, Set clean, that takes pedals as good, if not better, than anything I've ever heard in my entire life. But no one's going to go out of their way if they have this gigantic pedal board. Well, most people aren't going to go out of their way if they have this gigantic gigantic pedal board and that's the crux of their sound and how they explore the, gu- the guitar. They're not going to feel the need to spend four or five grand yeah. on, a, on, a, on a, an amp that, that has all these other features they're not going to use. So I feel like over the past couple of years, we've really started to see amps that are specifically designed for that purpose. So, but before that in the chat, everyone's talking about the hot rod series. And I feel like across the board, that's probably the most commonly considered 
pedal platform friendly pedal friendly amp. yeah i i can see that i hate the hot rod series i don't like it either. i did i don't like them i'm sorry i don't think they sound good i've used them on gigs they're a popular backline amp for a lot of stuff and i've just never liked them um they don't they don't do the thing drink um mm. for me at least well i i think the, the hot rod deluxe and the devils are in that camp and the blues junior the blues junior to me and i know it's like so many people love that amp and i'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this but i think the blues junior kind of blows <laughs> um it, it's so small sounding the cabinet is so small and boxy it just sounds honky it doesn't cover a lot of tonal ground it's not it's not well it's it's not a fender sound either it's el84s and uh 18 watt amp i have a blues junior and you're right in stock form they sound terrible but i even even throwing all the bill m mods throwing all that stuff at it voiding the warranty as much as possible i still don't think they're that great no speaker swap is going to make that cab sound good i think the pro junior for what it is is a much better option uh, I feel like it's just as loud, if not louder, even though it has a smaller speaker. And I think it's a lot more interesting and fun to play because it's just volume and tone and it takes pedals okay. Now, I disagree. I think, so I've gotten my Blues Junior to sound great. Now, it's unreliable as hell. In fact, I haven't even fired that amp up in like two years because the last time I used it, I was on a gig and it just started crackling and making weird noises. And I just kind of, okay, <laughs> but I'll yeah. deal with that later. Um, but for mine, I did a speaker swap. Um, I did like all of the Bill M mods, just about minus yeah. like swapping the power transformer and going with different tubes and everything. I did the tone stack right. mod, yeah. filter cap, two different filter cap mods, added a presence control, added a standby switch, um, added a bias trim pot. I mean, I, I did all that stuff and that really made that amp start to punch above its weight class, even with all the, the cost of the mods and everything. So I think a, a Blues Junior can sound really great but out of the box it doesn't sound great and i don't think i would consider that a great pedal platform amplifier yeah a lot of people treat it as such but even at, at that point you know let's say you did all the mods um and again caveat if you don't know what you're doing don't don't touch an mod amp. stuff yourself don't crack your die. amp open yeah do not <laughs> um this is but, not this is not even like a for legal reasons thing this is us being serious if yeah you, don't crack your amp open and start messing around with it because you seriously, this is not like, you know, um, changing strings or changing pickups or anything. Amps are mm -hmm. super dangerous, man. If you don't know yeah. what you're doing. So, yeah. and those fender amps are the circuit boards are so easy to mess up. But the, the thing about it to me is like, was it worth all that effort? You know, do you think that, that all the work and time you put into, to modifying a blues junior to get it to where it is, is it, is it that much better to justify objectively? No, this, the time objectively. Yeah. What I would say is if you're looking at that, if you're in the market and you're thinking, Oh, I'm going to buy a blues junior. I'm going to mod it to get it to sound great. Just buy a blue, uh, just buy a deluxe, just buy right. a blackface deluxe reissue. There's two so, because that is a far superior pedal platform amplifier than any of the hot rod stuff. And I will die on that hill. Um, and any of the blues junior stuff, just the stock, off-the-shelf blackface deluxe reverb re deluxe reverb reissue is a great pedal platform amp i see well okay i have issue with that because of the bright cap 
I feel like if you're going to use a deluxe reverb reissue, you need to plug into the, the normal channel, which doesn't have a bright cap. It doesn't have reverb either, so that <laughs> you're kind of stuck there. But if you're going to use pedals, I think I think that's a much better option. But going into that vibrato channel with the bright cap and the reverb, it, it until you get it loud, I think, especially with the stock speaker, it doesn't sound very good. Here's what I would do if I was if I was doing this. If I was in the market, I wanted one amp. I had like twelve hundred bucks. I want to pull up Sweetwater while you're talking, or even even less. Here's what I would recommend. I wanted a working man's amp. I wanted to gig with it, tour with it, maybe do some session stuff with it. I wanted one amp to do everything because ideally that to me really is the purpose of a pedal platform amp. It's like, hey man, I can afford one amp. I need it to do everything. I've got some pedals and I'm going to I'm going to use some pedals to kind of revoice the amp. So when I need my Marshall kind of sound, I've got this amp in a box overdrive. I've got an LPD, you know, um, 87 or whatever. And then when I want a Vox sound, I've got this kind of pedal that goes into the front. Um, I would get a deluxe reverb, either the tone master um, or the tube version, depending on what your flavor is. And I'd probably swap the speaker and Mm -hmm. I'd call that a day. I'd keep the bright cap personally um, because you can go into the normal channel without the reverb. Um, Cause oftentimes like for any gigging situation, I'm not using the onboard reverb of an amp. I'm using my reverb pedal because it's going to give me different reverbs and different sounds that I want for different sections. So to me, I'm just going to go into the normal channel of the deluxe reverb reissue and use a reverb pedal. Yeah. Well, I, I just think the bright cap for most people, unless you're really cranking it, because the majority of people are going to be plugging into that vibrato channel channel anyway. Um, it just makes everything so harsh. It makes well, everything clip so the bright harsh. cap then. Well, you totally can. It's a bitch to get in there. Yeah. Because you, you can't, it's it's even harder to clip it. It's honestly easier just to, to desolder it and let it fall out and then rattle the chassis <laughs> because then you don't have to take everything apart. You can do it because... For those that don't know, to modify a deluxe reverb, every knob, every pot, it's all in one circuit board. It all has to come out. Right. And it's 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 uh it's a pain. It's not fun. Which is which is one that's another big thing in favor of hand wired amps. Like, you know, yeah. that's that's a that's a uh tick in the the box of uh hand wired stuff. But that's not what we're talking about today. Um no, so well, a lot of people in the chat and I and I think this is the next alternative that most people would consider when they're thinking about something that takes pedals well and a pedal platform, the Vox AC series. So AC 15, AC 30. Yeah. Um, wh- what do you think about the hundred percent? I'm a, I'm a, I love Vox amps. Now the caveat being modern Voxes. And I say this knowing that if Vox ever hears this, they're n- never going to reach out to me. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> um, I have the only Vox I ever really need. So, right. The modern Vox stuff, I think, is good. It's serviceable, but you know they're, they're Chinese made, which is fine. Um, but compared to like when you think of a Vox sound, I think the modern stuff doesn't really do that super well. Even the hand wired stuff. I've played the hand wired AC30s a lot. Um, they're too harsh. They're too bright. Yeah. They do that weird, brittle ice picky thing in the top end that a quote unquote real Vox, whatever that means doesn't do what I would say, go online, find yourself a, uh, they're still owned and made by Korg. So it doesn't make sense to say Korg era, but an early nineties, I forget the designation. I think it's like a CE two or something like that. 
mm-hmm. from the early 90s till about 2001 or 2003, the Voxes were actually built by Marshall in England. And those are the AC-30s and AC-15s to have. You can still find them used. They're reasonable and they are badass. They sound great. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> that the new AC-15s and 30s, the Chinese ones, even the hand-wired ones, I don't think they sound that good. I don't either. Uh, I it, like If I was going to have a... If I was gigging with a bunch of pedals, that would not be the amp I would use. That would be the amp I would use if like... I'm just practicing and I want to crank an amp or just carry an amp and maybe a boost or, or a delay pedal, something simple. Right. But if I was going to have like as, as an integral part of my rig as the amplifier for, for the rig, that would not be the way I would go. So I think it, it's, we could, we can talk forever about every amp that takes pedals or doesn't take pedals well. But I think maybe the next thing we should talk about is what the pedals that are designed to be pedal platform amps. Cause you, you talked about the port city Pearl there are uh, th- like the the loud is more good JHS uh, milkman yep. thing. Yep. Like, where do you stand on those sort of amps as far as? All right. So this being a standalone amplifier. Yeah. So this this brings up what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Right. Um, I own a Port City Pearl. I have a fifty watt, and it was my first sort of real amp. That was the first amp I had that was my gigging amp. My first sessions. I I that was my only amp for about four or five years. And, um, I went that route because I didn't know what I wanted in terms of sound. And I was Mm -hmm. sort of afraid to commit to a specific amp platform because I knew that that was going to be the only amp that I had. So my mindset at the time, and I think there's value in this mindset is to say, okay, I want an amp that is essentially a clean slate, a blank canvas, and I can use pedals Um, and combinations of pedals to voice the amp to do certain things. And that is a really viable option. The Pearl is fantastic at that. And especially with the the pedal market being as wide as it is now and things like, um, well, hell, even, dude, an HX Stomp. Okay, here, this this wasn't a thing when I was first getting into gigging and things like that. But now a super viable option, something like an HX Stomp, something like the Iridium. Where you can bypass the cabinet simulation and you can essentially just use the preamp section, the modeled preamp section going into the front of something like a Pearl because the preamp section of that amp doesn't really color the sound at all. And the amp doesn't break up like even at full tilt, it doesn't really break up. It'll start to compress And so at that point, you can essentially replace the preamp, so to speak, with whatever you want whether it be an amp in a box pedal, whether it be a modeler and using a modeled preamp, which is really, really cool. So I think that's a really valuable option for people that they want to be able to do everything. Over the course of a gig, I need to be able to do a JTM 45. I need to do an AC 30. I need to do a tweed. I need to do all these different sounds. That to me is a a great, and I, I don't even know that I'd call that a pedal platform amp. I'd call that just like a clean slate amp. Right. Well, I think those for the most part, when people are talking about pedal platform amps, they're talking about something that is typically really straightforward, that has a lot of headroom and doesn't necessarily color your sound. And I think you're right. There's a couple ways to go about it. I think for someone that's getting into tube amps and really loves pedals, that's, that's a good way to, that's a good place to start. Right. Even though 
in my opinion, pedals, especially overdrive, sound best when they're hitting something that has a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, meat on it. It's mm-hmm. pushed a little harder. But until you figure out what it is you're trying to achieve, it, it that may be the place to start looking. Yeah. For me, now in in my life, I I I think I, I've I, as I've gotten older, I've played fewer and fewer pedals on a pedal board. Typically, when I play guitar now, I don't have a pedal board set up, and I just grab a few things and 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 a power supply and, and just go. But when I do use a pedal board, the crux of, of my sound is my guitar and my amp. A lot of people don't think that way. The crux of their sound is is what they can create with their pedal board mm-hmm. as an integral part of the rig. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's ancillary. That's like that's bonus, right? So, <sighs> to me though, that's what I'm. That's what I mean when I say it's like, what do you want to do? Yeah, right. Like if you know the sounds you're going for, which I've, I've been in the same position. So I realistically, I don't really play my Pearl anymore. I haven't gigged right. the Pearl. The last time I took it out on a, on a gig was maybe five years ago, four years ago, we went on tour with Noah and I used it as a power amp for my Kemper rack unit. I was using the Kemper and I wanted to have a cabinet on stage. So I ran the output of the Kemper into the effects return of the Pearl. Just use it as a power amp, which and is, that, which that is, is a valuable so option. Handy. Yeah. It's awesome. It sounded great. You know, you, but the, I saw <clears throat> that pedal show did a video about bypassing, you know, a preamp and using like going into the, the effects loop. Um, and I think they did it with a hot rod or something mm-hmm. and, or, and they might've done it with victory. I don't know, but I tried it once at Carter drink, drink. <laughs> using a um, shins dumbloid. Have you ever heard of those? No, they, uh, I think Amplified Nation makes a, a clone or derivative of this thing, but it, it looks, it kind of has a very Dumble. Oh, it's like the appearance. Dumble, um, like the, the got, effects loop thing that he did. And yeah, it's got the plate. Well, no, it's not a Dumble later. Um, oh, it, it's, it, it's an overdrive pedal, but it's wrapped in Tolex and has a plate and then the amp knobs. Ah. And, so it look, it kind of looks oh, like, yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. You've seen them. Yeah. Um, but I took one of those pedals, which everyone's like, is the best on a Dumble pedal. <laughs> And plug my guitar into that and then went to the return of the effects right. loop of the hot rod. And now, if you guys ever do that, know you are bypassing all the volume. So you're mm-hmm. getting all the volume of the amplifier. Mm-hmm. So turn those volume knobs down before right. you crank it up. But it sounded it sounded kind of cool. I thought, you yeah. know, I would rather use that. Essentially, what you're doing, especially with a preamp type pedal you're essentially just replacing the preamp section of your amp. And instead of having tubes, you're using either diodes or transistors or op amps or whatever amplification is, is used in the circuit, which is fine. Yeah. And you're, so that's what I'm saying is like, if you have a clean pedal platform, oftentimes it's a six L six amp because six L six power tubes take that. They've got the most headroom, kind of the most clean response. You know, that's why I keep the pearl around. Um, right. Occasionally I'll use it for videos. Like if I need something that's just a, if I'm trying to show something that's just a pedal or whatever, which I don't really do that much of anymore, but you know, that's the, the last several times I've used the Pearl have been for that. I use it in my tone course to talk about pedal platform amps. But, um, now as I've gotten older, I start to realize that like, Oh yeah, I want, I want the amp to be part of the sound and I want to play, I want the amp to be part of the instrument and the amp's character and response to be part of the instrument. And I, I now know and have the ability to kind of choose an amp for a specific purpose and specific sound. But that's a luxury that I have owning a bunch of different amps and, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of different styles that most players don't have. And so that's why for the purposes of this conversation, I think 
having some kind of amp like that is great. The other thing we should talk about next is, well, what if I don't want a super clean amp? What if I want an amp that will break up really, really well and kind of has its own thing? Well, you can still make that a pedal platform and and set your amp up in uh, so that it will take pedals well. So right now behind me, I've got my Tweed Deluxe set up, mic'd up with my Royer R, not my Royer, the uh, AEA R92. Oh, they're going to be mad. <laughs> Whatever. I, I bought these things. I don't care. Um, they don't watch the show anyways. So <laughs> now the Tweed Deluxe is something that I think most people would not consider as a pedal platform amp, right? If you went on right. like the gear page or something, I think most people would, if you're like, hey, what are the best pedal platform amps? The Tweed Deluxe, the 5E3 Tweed Deluxe is not something that most people would even put in their top 10, I think. Yeah, and I think the term pedal platform people often kind of confuse that with pedal friendly. Right. Um, because I think pedal platform is like the Pearl or, or like that Supro that Keeley did where mm-hmm. it's like, it's designed the, the, the Dr. Z M 12, it's designed to be loud and clean and take pedals and pedal friendly is a whole nother thing. It is, but it, it's also part of this discussion, which is to say, that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, well, yeah, there's a delineation between pedal friendly and a pedal platform amplifier, but what I'm saying is you can take a pedal friendly amp and turn it into a pedal platform. Sure. Case Some, sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes. I think the tweed is, is, is a great example of this. So I'm going <laughs> to use my clean tone. I'm going to mute this mic. So all you're hearing is the, uh, the ribbon. Um, so stand by. And Milton, you may have to mute this in the thing, but. Sounds good. Sounds good. It's clean-ish. It'll break up a little bit. These these pickups in my Strat here are pretty low output, so they're not going to yeah. hit the front of the amp super hard. Now, to me, that amp, that the way that's set has character. It's got... Oh, yeah. It's not, like, super sterile. It's not super, like, clean. It sounds like a tweet, especially if you go to, like, the, you know, the neck position or something. gig ready gig ready and that's loud in the room like that's loud yeah now in front of this i have four pedals i have my stamps drive-o-matic um and then that i bought for 90 dollars. that has become we were talking about this before the uh for the show but this pedal kills um and then i've got um not sponsored i just grabbed this because it was (laughs) ready to go uh, but UA did send me their three pedals. So, and they sent them to me on a pedal board, like powered and patched and ready to go, which is super <laughs> nice. So I've got the UA Starlight, uh, the Delay, the Astra Modulation, and then the Golden Reverb. Um, like mm. I said, this is not a sponsored by UA thing. Um, although if they want to sponsor the podcast, if, yeah, if UA, I use their stuff, you use their stuff. <laughs> Come on. Um, I'm trying to, I'm going to, Drop this in the Discord here so people can see what I'm working with. We we have to outfit my new uh, office space with some recording gear. So, yep. you know. Um, all right. Hello. Picture <laughs> incoming. All right. So this is what I'm using. And then we can drop this on the on the video as well. So this, Stumpy. the way I've got this set up is how I would run this like on a gig, which is to say the amp will break up a little bit on its own. 
Uh, it'll take an overdrive really well, which you'll hear in a second. And it'll still take your reverb and your time base and your modulation effects really well. Now, I'm going to show an example of what I think is a wrong way to set up an amp like this, um, especially for reverbs and delays and things like that. But to start uh -huh. off with, so here's the stamps. Um, and like you were saying a second ago, this is exactly what most overdrives love to see, I think, which is an amp that's kind of already saturated, broken up a little bit. The preamp section is working. Yeah, You know, it's not just not doing anything. So this is like the cleaner side of the stamps. And then this, I want to know what that is. I want to know what that circuit is. Here's the dirtier side. I really like this pedal. I really, really like this pedal. Um, now, there's your twos. There, to me, that's like all the, the the those those are the three different those are the three different gain <laughs> stages I need for a gig. I got Work my, it out. I got my clean sound. I got my rhythm sound, and I got my lead sound right there with one pedal. The amp sure. is ready to go. Now, if I turn on, um, this is a spring reverb from the Golden. It's kind of because the the Tweed Deluxe doesn't have a spring. Um, uh, let me mute this mic. Hold on. Nice. I need, I need some. I need some tambo. <laughs> yeah. So the way this amp is set right now, it takes the reverb really well. You have to you have to realize, and this is the lesson here. I think this could be a whole video on my YouTube channel. I think, but um, and I did talk about this in the tone course. But because all the pedals are in front of the amplifier, nothing's going through an effects loop. Everything is going through the preamp section, right? Yeah. So if you've got the preamp and you're getting uh, working really hard, you're getting a lot of natural overdrive from the amplifier. That reverb is gonna sound bad. <laughs> so case in point, <laughs> right? Um, I'm gonna dial this amp up to be pretty, uh, pretty dirty here. Mm. Um, so now this is gonna sound great on its own, right? Here's just the tweed dialed up. I mean, that's a tweed amp. If I've ever you heard sound one. like Neil Young. Hey, over there, baby. So. Now I'm gonna kick on that same reverb and listen so before it was like nice and clean and pretty you could tell it was a spring now listen to it that that sounds like the amount of reverb you normally use <laughs> thanks cool <laughs> <laughs> um the point is, though, that like, first of all, the re the reverb got way louder, even though the pedal didn't change. The the overall sound of the reverb got way louder and all of the definition and and everything that told you, hey, that's a nice, luscious spring reverb went away. And it just yeah. it kind of collapsed and got muddy and gross. Same thing happens with like delay repeats and things like that. 
Um, so yeah, dude, that that is totally why on the Oracle, the mix control has so much range, right? Because I like running into an amp that's cooking, and you put a delay pedal in front of an amp. If if the the mix or the blend for the the level is has no range, then it's just, it's just blown out. You have right. to run it through a loop, which, which is great too, but old school amps, they don't. They well, don't and then that's, loops. that's the advantage of having the amp with an effects loop. If you like to run your amp cooking, which I typically don't because I like to have my baseline tone needs to be pretty clean. And then mm-hmm. I will add gain with, you know, a pedal or something. But if you like to run your amp hot, which is great, get something with an effects loop because then you're bypassing that preamp section. You're going straight through the pra- the power amp within your time-based and, and modulation effects. Yeah, and I think ultimately that's kind of where you have to end up as a player. You know, it's like you have to decide, are, are you wanting to use pedals in the forefront or just to kind of lift your sound? Because I think you and I, while we have very similar taste and we play guitar in a very similar like fashion, I, I'm I'm using boost with very little gain and all my my like you know like the amount of reverb I use is so minimal. It's right. like barely audible. Um it's so different than than how a lot of other people, you know, use effects. And so you have to I think it's something that if you're wanting to get into pedals and really wanting to dive into this world, you need to find an amp that can do that thing mm-hmm. where it's just got the clean or or the slightly pushed voice that it's fairly flat and and by flat doesn't mean boring it just means flat yeah um but i think as you as you grow and your ear matures and you come into your own as a player you'll start to really decide hey you know what i could i could make a jtm 45 work with all the pedals i have or i could make an ac30 or whatever and then you're kind of getting the the whole idea of just strictly relying on a clean thing from an amp is not necessary anymore because you have the control of the guitar and your right. hand. And- right. Yeah. And, and so with that too, there is, you know, the ability of learning like, Hey, how to ride your volume knob on your, your guitar and like rolling, rolling things off and, and keeping things clean. And it helps to understand at least the basics of how amps and amp circuits work and yeah. where you're placing your effects, you know, in, in that line. Um, but yeah, I, I think to me, this is a good example of an amp that's not a great pedal platform amp, but actually takes pedals really, really well. And if you know what you're doing and you know how to set your amp up to kind of be, you know, cause this is not an amp switch. There's no channel switching. There's no presets or any of that stuff. So it's like you pretty much set the amp and go for the gig. Um, so you kind of have, there's always a little bit of compromise there. Like, Oh, maybe I would like a little more gain out of the preamp, but, there is this one part of the song that needs to be, you know, super clean and, or, you know, rolling your volume off or whatever. Um, it just comes from, you know, experience. I feel like that sort of thing though, having limitations is good. Mm -hmm. Um, and it makes you approach the guitar. It it makes you think more about your instrument and not about what's at your feet because, I, I get option paralysis. I mean, I, I love the HX Stomp. It does so many cool things, but I barely scratch the surface because I only really use it as an amp modeler and a few pedals, just like creating small compact rigs that's just reminiscent of all the stuff I use in real life. But when when I have had huge pedal boards, I'm more concerned about what I can create there and not what I can play myself. Mm. 
And I think having that sort of, okay, my amp is cranked. I have to be wary of how much uh, feedback or whatever I'm using in my time-based effects. My gain can't be too loud. I'm just going to have to use my hands. It makes you kind of pay closer attention to what you're doing as a player and, and to each their own. But for me, I find that sort of limitation rewarding and and more fulfilling because it it pushes you to be more creative Mm -hmm. you know with these yeah at the end of the day too more than likely you're gonna end up sounding like you anyways like i I was playing this drive-o-matic this morning and i was like oh man i love this pedal this is doing something different and then i was like listening to myself oh this this is what this I sound like. like you. Yeah, it sounds like me. It sounds like <laughs> if I have a Timmy on or or any of the other overdrives that I love. So, you know, keep that in mind as well. But, you know, so the HX Stomp thing, one of my favorite things that I've started doing recently, and I actually figured this out with the Axe Effects, you know, uh, I, I think the digital overdrive, like, models sometimes aren't super good. And, and so what I would say with something like the HX Stomp that can be a really great overdrive pedal in front of a uh, an amp if you just use the preamp. Like use one of the preamp oh, blocks right. of an amp and use that and dial that in as an overdrive, right? Right. That works incredibly well. A lot of people are are hip to that and start doing that. Um, there's a guy that uh, he's a an Axefx expert that was uh, I paid for a lesson a few weeks ago to kind of take me through like building axe effects presets and stuff because oh, the man. way he does things is really cool and the way he routes signal and, and everything is pretty he he builds presets for like Steve Vai and like a like uh, like heavy hitter axe effects users and stuff sure so what and that was what he told me he's like yeah the the axe effects um overdrives and stuff sound really good but I've found a really good results with just using the preamp blocks from different amps like a Bogner preamp going in front of a Marshall amp or whatever and you get first of all you get a more unique tone that way and a more amp like tone that way and uh right yeah it's cool so wrapping up is is there any if you, if if you had to recommend an amp mm. that is kind of your be all end all like, like, like for the everyman amp you know right. something that's not not crazy money um but it's not necessarily cheap. Like, where do you think someone should start if they want to have a larger than average pedal board? What What do you think someone should should look at first? Ooh, man. Okay, that's a hard question. It's a hard question. I think there's there's two options. First of all, what flavor do you want? Do you want right. the British? flavor or the american flavor i think something that's kind of a clean like just more of the cleanish like what what would be the pedal platform amp you would recommend to someone that that, that, you know regardless of i've never owned one but i would probably put forward the maz one of the maz amps the dr z maz either the 38 Oh. or the uh, what's the lower wattage one? 18 18. that's what i was gonna say the 30 i had i have i've had both and the 38 is so loud. Like, <laughs> uh, it's 40 it, watts, dude. Yeah, but it, it's not like it's 40 watts clean. Like Dr. Z rates stuff at clean before distortion. Right. It, it It's insane. It's I, insane I would say, loud. yeah, here's here's why. I, I would say the Maz 18. They're hand wired. Um, so they're serviceable. And, and I think if you're going to be gigging and you want like a long lasting 
reliable, like pro level gigable amp, I think you need to go hand wired. I, I just, I think. Sure. I think they do sound better typically, but I think sound differences is, is negligible compared to the reliability differences and the serviceability differences of a hand wired amplifier versus a PCB amp. Yeah. I mean, the, no PCB amps are not all created equal. Soldano are PCB, mm-hmm. but so is a Fender Deluxe Reverb ratio. Right. And a Soldano has like three times the amount of copper on that circuit board compared sure. to a Fender. Sure. But on average, on average, it is way easier. It's just easier if you're if you're on the road somewhere and you your amp blows up or something happens and you're in a town with an amp tech, like it can get serviced and fixed, right? Whereas, well, and if you have a modicum of knowledge, you might be able to do it. Yeah, might because it's might easier. Maybe might be able to. It's it's uh, like if you see that oh this plate resistor it has blown up. Yeah, <laughs> if you know what value it is. You may you might be able to get it and just replace and it. And swap it out, right? So, the, yeah. Uh, go I ahead. was just going to say on the Doctor Z that because that was the amp I would think of mm-hmm. because not only do they have a couple options as far as some with with and without reverb. I think the ones without reverb sound better because um, there's more preamp gain, right? So you can crank it, but oftentimes they do have an effects loop that works really well, and you can cover almost all your bases except into like really high gain stuff. With an amp like that. And with pedals, you can get high gain, but like everything else, that amp can do it. And then when you're ready to graduate to just a few pedals and start cranking that amp, you're, you're ready. Yeah. So this is what I would say is like, rather than suggesting one amp, here's what I, the criteria that I would look for. A um, 6L6 EL84 or 6V6 powered. 12 to... 30 or 40 watts, depending on what you're looking for, clean headroom wise, hand wired with an effects loop. Whatever yeah. fits in that category for you, <laughs> I think is is what you go with. <laughs> something something just jumped out at me in my 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 headphones. I don't know. What oh. <laughs> Jeez. Is that me? I, I don't know. Um, but no, you're 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 right. I think that's like the sweet spot. Um and and Dr. Z's too, because they've been around so long. And and, and oftentimes you're gonna find any variety of amps with those sort of specs floating around Craigslist or mm-hmm. you know, the Facebook marketplace, and you might be able to get into something without really breaking the bank. I bought my Dr. Z Maz 18 for a thousand dollars and I used it for like 10 years. It was amazing. Yeah. So somebody so, in the somebody in the chat's like, what Red just described cost two thousand. It can. It can also yeah. be less than that. I think, and the other thing you have to think about too is like, yeah, two grand. That's a lot of money for a lot of people. But if this is going to be your amp that you're going to use and hold on to for years, like two grand, I think is around about what you need to be spending personally. I think somewhere in the 1200, 11 to 1200 on the low end, 2500 on the high end, I think is where you need to be to get like a really great gigable because then you start to get into the law of diminishing returns right as you get yeah. higher up in price you start getting three grand four grand you're gonna more than likely get a better sounding amp depending on what it is there's so many variables yeah but it's not gonna be 25 or 30 percent better it's gonna be four percent better five percent better but the difference between an 800 dollar hot rod deluxe versus a 1500 dollar Dr. Z Maz is 
40 to 50% oh. better or more. And yeah. so, yeah, it's uh, two grand's a lot of money. I get it. I, I totally yeah. get it. But in my mind, for somebody who's going to be gigging, this is going to be their amp that you use for everything. You need to be in that like two grand range, I think. 100%. I think, and I think the, the, the best thing you could have when you're shopping for amps is play as many things as possible. Go to shops when, when you can, you know, depending on what's open for you right now. Just get as much knowledge as you can and explore every used place in your area because you might be able to find a deal. So just save and save and save. And when the opportunity presents itself, be ready because you might say, you know, hey, like I want, you know, I want something that normally runs two grand or three grand. And if you're patient and it's something that is relatively common enough to be found in, in where you live or, or nearby, there, one might show up for $1,000 cheaper or $500 cheaper. And um, patience is the hardest thing to have in this gear community. Buy 100%. once, buy once, cry once. I, I, I see <laughs> yeah. it all the time and I've done it, man. I've looked for the super budget option. I've bought the super budget stuff in the past thinking like, oh, this is going to get me by. Almost every single time I've gone, like super budget, the entry level thing, I've ended up just buying the more expensive thing anyways. So I've spent that extra money on top to get the thing that I didn't really need. Now, I understand the case to if you're not sure about something like, well, I'm going to test the waters, kind of dip my toe in. I don't want to spend X amount. I want to spend this and see how I like it, knowing that eventually I'm going to, you know, get into the higher level. But if you if you know this is your thing and you're like, well, I don't want to spend two grand on an amp, so I'm going to spend 500 on an amp and think that it's going to be that $2,000 level, I I just think save the money and get the get the higher the thing. Yeah, and it, it might sully the thought of what it is you want. Like if you really want a Vox and you get a Bugera or something, mm-hmm. you know, or a Matchless and you get a Bugera clone, whatever those, you know, you know, like you might say, oh, I don't really like this amp when you don't even really know. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, just hang in there. Yeah. Buy once, cry once. I like that. I like that. Yep. Nice. All right. Shill of the week. Do you have one? <sighs> no, I mean, I I can kind of show, I can show something that's uh, an embarrassing self-shill. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Self-shills are cool <laughs> from time to so, time. So recently, um, I I have a few saved things on on Reverb. Uh, I keep looking at my light instead of the lens, and I, wow, <laughs> blinding, blinding myself. In um, uh, used Mythos pedals is one of them, and so recently this hit reverb. Um, oh, so nice. that this is a fuzz face I made, and I screen printed that myself, and it's all scraped off. Wow. Um, but I got it. Well, okay, it it was on there. It sold, and then I made a post about it on Instagram, and the guy was like, uh, the guy that got it said, hey. I got this back from the dude I sold it from. I didn't pay as much as it was listed for on Reverb. Would you buy it for what I paid for it? And it was reasonable. And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I got it and I opened it up. And inside is a mess of wires. But I made the circuit board myself. Wow. I etched it. I drilled the holes and I plugged it up and I was super excited. And it sounds like shit. (laughs) 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 I need to, uh, I need to, it's a, it's some sort of fuzz face. Uh, with Russian transistors that someone gave me. And I remember at the time, because I made two of these, thinking, oh, this sounds really cool. But I plugged it up uh, right after I got it and thought, this sounds like dog shit. <laughs> so I need to figure out what's going on. But that's just kind of funny, circling back to something 
buying my own pedal that I sold probably around 10 years ago. So this thing is probably from like 2011 or so. Nice. There you go. (laughs) My shill is going to be the drive pedal that I've been playing. The, um, (gasps) hold on. Show the fine people. Show the fine people. And you know, what's funny about this is so the name of it, which is the drive o from by stamps. You know, um, there's the stump o or, or Ooh, what? No, the, it's the, uh, the Gretsch. It's the fallout boy thing. I don't know. I do. I do like fallout uh, boy though. One of the best live shows I've ever seen. It's fallout boy. Yeah. So Gretsch makes, uh, Patrick stump. Oh yeah. 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 It's like a three filter tron, uh, like a, like a electric jet or something. I, I don't know the name of the Gretsch model, but yeah, the, the guitar is called the stump o so when I think about stamps drive omatic, I think about the Gretsch stump omatic. I right. don't know why. So I mean I know why, because it's a similar name. I bought this a few weeks ago uh when we we did the video with Josh, um, nine overdrives you forgot about. I had never heard of this before seeing this. He just pulled this out of his one of his drawers in there in that room. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I love the look of it. It's just Oh, it's it's, that's a great this aesthetic. is a well-built pedal man i mean look it's it's solid metal all around it's 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 got a door like a rat yeah to the battery exactly exactly so this probably won't end up on a uh pedal board for me and what's funny so the funny story about this is i bought this there was before we made the video i knew we're gonna make this video and then people are gonna go to reverb and prices are gonna go up and i wasn't interested in all of the pedals in that video but this one when we played it i was like oh this is cool yeah. Um, we cracked it open and looked at it and he was, he was saying something about the circuit and that it doesn't, the way it's clipping is not I think it's typical. just op amps. There's no, uh, there's no diodes yeah. I think is what he said. Yeah. And so there's it's no essentially op- like, just op amps. it's kind of literally like an amp circuit in a box. Um, supposedly this was, or still is Bonnie Raitt's slide tone right here, which nice. sign me up. That's all I need to know. I, I was in the room with Bonnie Wright and didn't know, and I got really sad that I didn't get to meet her. She, <laughs> at, I, at I was at a sh- no, no, no. Oh, I was um, I was at uh, I was seeing Joey Landreth, and, well, the brothers Landreth play at the Cannery in Nashville. Yep. It was one of the first dates I took Morgan on. Wow, it's a funny story. I said, now, uh, these boys are pretty handsome, <laughs> and we had only been dating for like a week or something. And I was like, so there's that, and then they sing really well. Yeah. And she was like, oh, stop. And we were like right up on stage and they started playing and Joey started singing and she like grabbed my arm. <laughs> She's like, oh, God. Like, Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> but in the back of the room was Bonnie Raitt watching Joey uh, and the guys do their thing. And apparently she got news to them that she thought they were awesome. And uh, I was I was like, man, we missed the opportunity to just like see bonnie Raitt in in all her glory i got to see her at crossroads in 2019 she played like she played with everybody so i got to see her play like four or five times my god she's a legend i love bonnie Raitt so much so anyway anyway stamps drive-o-matic um good luck finding one i guess (laughs) i i looked on ebay and there are three in japan uh 250 260 and 300 i paid 90 dollars for this one three weeks ago (laughs) so you're welcome everyone (laughs) damn it i'm not gonna sell it i'm gonna keep it uh i actually i'm gonna send this one to josh though so here's the funny story because you know josh has a whole thing about like he's got to have the ephemera right the boxes the papers and everything 
His did not come with boxes or papers or whatever. There was nothing in this reverb listing that said anything about boxes, papers, nothing. And so I bought it. And sure enough, it showed up with the original box, the original papers. It has the <laughs> weird nine volts, um, like the power plug is not normal. So right. it, it has the original adapter with it, which I was like, well, why did you even sell it like this if you sent it with an adapter? Anyway, so when I got it, I jumped on Marco Polo. I was like, oh, hey, dude, finally got the thing. And I didn't even think about the box, but it, the box has the serial number stamped on it and everything. Oh, man. And he was so upset. He was like, oh, my God. I was like, dude, I've been looking for that box. I can't believe. And you just, of course, that's how that works. They didn't. You just found it and got it. So I'm going to send him this one with the box and papers, <laughs> and he's going to send me his because I don't care about that stuff. I have right. no desire to. To me, it's just a box that's going to take up space or whatever. So, Oh, man. I have so many pedal boxes. I just want to like burn them. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about boxes and papers. But Josh, that's like his thing. So I'm going to send him this right. one with the boxes and the papers, and he's going to send me his. And apparently a couple other things. To, he's like, I'll make it worth your while. So whatever that means. <laughs> so I'm hoping he sends me a clon. Right? Yeah, hey. So he's so got eight Tyler of them. He doesn't need all eight of them. Uh, I want a box and the papers for my clon. Yeah. I mean, I so understand it, that. I get that. Yeah. So, Because I don't think they are like serial specific. So if anyone out there, like, no joke, if you have the big white box and the actual photocopy and the little switchcraft adapter power thing, if you have one for your clon and you're willing to sell it to me, I'll buy it and I'll pay more money than I probably should, but I want it. Kalki Das Das in the chat says that there's one Drivematic available. Let's look it up on Reverb. I looked on Reverb just uh, when we started and I didn't see it. Uh, drop a link to that in the chat there. Stamps. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna search stamps. Stamps. Oh gosh. No. Stamps. Uh, what? Drive. There's, there's uh, vintage music arrangers rubber stamp set orchestra uh, band. $175? What? Wait a second. On eBay, not Reverb. Okay. I'm on Reverb. Oh. He said eBay, not Reverb. Well, there's three on there from Japan is what I saw, but they were all expensive. Stamps. Now I'm just looking on Reverb. There's a bunch of, if you search stamps, there's a bunch of Zildjian, uh, Istanbul. <laughs> oh, yeah. 309 Symbols. from Japan, 269 from Japan, 253 from Japan. Yeah, no. $30 to ship that thing. Too much. That's not bad. 30 bucks. Listen. That's that's actually cheap uh, because I ship stuff to Japan and it's expensive to get stuff over there. Do you think these were up? When did these go up? Do you think these went up before our video and we just didn't know? Well, you can probably see when they were listed. Let's let's do a little internet detective work. Let's do some detecting. Uh, See full description. Riveting information, yeah. <laughs> riveting podcast. Interview. Everyone just hang out. Don't you just yeah, talk amongst on, yourselves. We're, we're figuring it out. How do you see where it was when it was listed? I don't ever get on eBay, so I don't. I don't yeah. know how this works. I actually don't see. Usually, it says near the top somewhere, but uh, you can make an offer. Make an. I'll make an offer of a hundred dollars. Yeah, offer ninety bucks and see what they do because that's no. what I paid. <laughs> but updated, updated uh, March sixteenth. So definitely after your was it? When did my video go up? I feel like it was right around then. So, but yeah, I, I want, uh, can you like take the back off and send me a picture of the I'll guts? Take, you I'll, know what? I'll take the back off right now, Zach. Oh somebody, God. somebody look up what my, uh, when my video went up on this. Cause I want to know. <sighs> I'll look it up. Uh, look, oh, there's going to be, uh, oh, by the way, 
I can tell when ah, either one right. of us have been using our the the dipped in tone YouTube instead of our own. <laughs> yeah, because those uh, recommendations are all because the recommendations. Because <laughs> like for me, it's like a bunch of like weird uh, video game prop stuff. Yeah, and then for you, it's like oh. awnings to go on yep. a jeep. Yeah, overlanding <laughs> stuff. I did just order an awning for my FJ, which is cool. Uh, two weeks ago, it said. Let's see. Uh. It came, your video was dropped on March 17th. So it was oh, the day before. Oh, so it was the day before. So this I guy snuck it in there. So wait, then he must have listed this at that price. Or did he up the price? Can we oh. see when it was updated? Like, okay. So uh, uh, initially it, it was it was put on there February 25th. For how much? And then it doesn't say. Okay. Uh, there's a revision summary, summary that uh, a Baker Co. posted in the chat. February 25th got okay posted. Uh, wait, let me pull the battery out because it's attached to the thing. Yeah. Where were these made? Because it looks like know. a rat. I don't know anything were about Were they made stamps. in Kalamazoo? Oh, wait. No, it was made in, it says on here, it was made in Chatsworth, California. Chatsworth. That's outside of LA, I think. Outside of LA. Outside of LA. Just me and you. Oh, shit. I just dropped the thing. Hold on. Josh, if you watch this, I'm sorry. I'm ripping this pedal apart. Probably, it's probably <laughs> never been apart. But battery clips <laughs> torn off. If you still want it? Let me know. All right, here we go. Um, oh, I'm so I'm so excited. I'm gonna. I wanna, this is pretty, man. This is like full screen. Hold on, wait. Let me let me um yeah make sure I'm in the chat. Everybody here. All right, so can you see anything that's intriguing to you there? It's pretty simple. So it's just yeah, single op amp, no diodes uh, that I can that I can see. Uh, looks like it has an output buffer that might be like a boost section uh maybe an input buffer on the side i don't know is it a tube screamer cloud <laughs> <laughs> what if it was just a tube screamer and i was like i love this thing it's great that's great it does it the inside are very reminiscent of how a rat is constructed um so that's kind of cool i mean i'm sure it's not you at think all proco made this though no 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 because they were up in michigan but oh, okay. I, I, the how the pots and the circuit board is very rat-esque which I um I appreciate. It smells oh and the wiring's nice and clean too. All the wiring's um wrapped in there. Let's see if that'll mm-hmm. focus. Look at that. Oh yes. Beautiful. And how old is it? Is it dated? No, but they Josh was like, I think they're from the late nineties, early two thousands, I want to say. Yeah. It has a very uh way huge style enclosure with the bent metal. Yeah, I love the enclosure and the, the powder coating on this is super nice. It's yeah. a nice pedal, man. It. It's a nice pedal. I, it sounds good. Um, but I would not pay what they're going for right now. Mm. Well, maybe one day people won't have to. Uh-oh. What is that? What are you saying, Zachary? <laughs> are you saying that there might be a certain pedal company that might be thinking of, of cloning the circuit and possibly putting it out as a standalone you know, pedal? Baiyang makes a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, what would, it would be real cool if there was a certain pedal company that could make this available and maybe there was like a podcast or something that these guys could talk about and then, you know, maybe self shill the, we might be able to do that. The shoils, um, slide, uh, slide a a baker, <laughs> a baker co found one on, uh, Sam Ash's used website. Oh, how much? 180. Ooh. I mean, it's not bad, I guess. It's not bad. This one's kind of beat up, though. Yeah, this is beat up. Doesn't somebody, battery, somebody in the chat, though. buy that. Buy that right now. One seventy nine. Go buy that. I'll, I'll, I'll email them a question and uh, say, 
Hey, give me that. I for real <laughs> lost for the battery door screw. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh, there it is. I got it. I got it. Perfect. Everyone, relax. <laughs> I found it. Okay. You're all red in the oh, face now. <laughs> I know. Okay. Which way did all this right. go on? Went... Lefty Lucy, righty tight. No, I know that. Thank you. <laughs> God. Um, all right. Are we done? Is this? Yeah, we... I think we're done. All right. Great. And the thing I've learned from this podcast that, that I, the thing I'm, I'm going to take away from is that I'm really upset that my Furman power strip is has a dead outlet i'm yeah, so that's, annoyed that is genuine Furman genuinely is like usually really good at, with stuff so yeah um, it's one of those big heavy duty metal ones yeah like they, they, have they do good stuff actions. yeah so maybe you know what Furman? not cool Furman. um all right this has been great we're gonna sign off see y'all goodbye <laughs>